You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, February 14th. Hey, it's a special day today. It is. It's February 14th. It is. <laughs> Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Uh, it, I have hearts on my socks today, and I'm pretty excited about it. Did you bike in today? No. Oh, it's okay. five degrees outside. I'm not I, quite that crazy. I thought maybe you <laughs> would. Although, if I had proper clothing, I probably would have, so... I probably am that crazy. It's a little cold out there. It's a little chilly. But we're warming it up in the studio with some great stories today. We're going to share with you the story of David's harp. Uh, really looking forward to sharing this. And Sarah's all excited because it involves music. It does. Church music. So we're excited to, to get to share that with you. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us in studio this morning, the Reverend Richard Kanch. Ka- sorry. Words so, are hard. It's Friday. Let's back up. <laughs> the Reverend Richard Resch, uh, also known as Contour Resch, uh, president of David's Harp. Contour, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Good to be here. Uh, glad to have you here. See, I tried to put all those words together I know, and mash them up into one. It, it, that didn't almost, work. It almost worked. It almost worked. You almost and, made it. Uh, the Reverend Greg Truey <laughs> is on the board of directors of David's Harp. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Pastor Truey. Thanks for having me. I love talking about music. Sarah loves talking about music. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's one of the things we get to talk about a lot here on the Coffee Hour, especially church music. So Yay. what role, from your perspective, Cantor, does music play in the life of a congregation? I know that's a big question, isn't we it? We talk for half hours just about that. <laughs> what role does it play in the life <laughs> of a congregation? There's so many aspects to it. Pick one. Oh, hard <laughs> to know where. Um, But when the congregation gathers, uh, a Lutheran congregation gathers around word and sacrament, there is a uh, a prayer life that just makes full use of music and has right from the very beginning of with Luther. Um, Luther could not imagine life without singing, and he brought that into um, all aspects of his his own ministry. And then in actually the writing of, of, of catechetical hymns and hymns for uh, different parts of the, um, the church's life. I mean, it was music was an integral part from the beginning. And so it is for us every time we gather, we are a singing church. We just love to sing. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a part mm-hmm. of our identity, yeah. clearly. Clearly, yes, I'm very okay with that. <laughs> how does that how does that play into uh, raising up the young people of our congregations? Why is it is so important to to teach the, that importance to our children and our and our young people in, in in our congregational life? Well, the church is actually a musical um, and a theological environment that you are bringing a child up in. And that is going to be different from the rest of the musical environment of their life. And so what we have in our churches and what we're giving our children to sing is actually going to shape them almost more than anything else as Lutherans. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why it's so important that the texts are solid and actually, I think, too, that the, that the music is actually going to represent what we want them to be singing for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, we could take that opportunity to be the, the, that influence um, uh, in, in, uh, at that very important stage in their life as young people. Pastor Drury is a parish pastor. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to hear your thoughts on the the role of music in a congregation and and also raising up young musicians. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, in, in Colossians, Paul talks about letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and he talks about doing that through teaching and admonishing and all wisdom. And we oftentimes think of the church and the pastoral task in the pulpit, sure, and in Bible class catechesis, confirmation class, which you will. But what he says next is also important. He says singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving. And he's talking about that in the context of letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly so that singing hymns and psalms and spirit-inspired songs are actually a way that we teach the faith and allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly. So the church that sings uh, faithful texts uh, and includes the children in that is is actually allowing the word of Christ to dwell in the whole family richly. And then those little ones who are learning those tunes and those texts, just like they know the jingles <laughs> on the cartoons that they watch, are having not just a jingle about the Lego implanted into their hearts, but the Word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, so that it's actually youth ministry, right? Like, we, we think about youth ministry going to, you know, Friday night bowling or something like that, right? But actually um, being thoughtful about what we're singing and how we're singing and then raising up children and their parents uh, to use song in that task is is powerful and uh it really is the work of the spirit in allowing the word of christ to dwell in them what would what would parish life be like if you didn't have great music in your parish oh, sad. <laughs> i think i'm it making him cry sad. very sad <laughs> would there be parish life without music yeah. that is a good question <laughs> sorry i didn't make to make everybody cry on right. Valentine's Day. I love yeah. my hymnal. Don't take it. <laughs> but, but seriously, what a gift it is yes. uh, for all those things that you pointed out, for teaching, um, and, and for comfort in, in those moments. Think of, you know, as a parish pastor, when you when do you use hymns uh, in, in pastoral care? Yeah. So, so <laughs> pastoral care, uh, and, and Luther understood this, right, in catechesis. So this is why he wrote hymns for each of the chief parts of the catechism, right? So um, while your child is memorizing the third article of the creed and its meaning, you know, you, we have a hymn to help drive those teachings in. And then you might find that you're mowing the lawn on your day off or <laughs> your kids are playing ball and they're still singing those texts and the word of God is still bouncing around in their mind and, and guiding them throughout the week and you know it's it just becomes a part of who we are right this identity as uh, as christians yeah Cantor, how does this uh this i don't know legacy maybe of of um teaching people music how does that uh then branch out into the community how can it be a benefit to to a community surrounding a congregation well i'm should I, at this point, lead into David's harp? Because Let's, yes, that's, yes. Exactly, go for it. That's a beautiful lead-in question. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, we um, are David's harp is is an organization or a, 
a way of thinking about how we can reach out with the gospel using music. Mm-hmm. And so uh, about 10 years ago, um, in Council Bluffs, Pastor Nathan Sherrill started a music conservatory idea. And it brought in um, children from outside of the church, really from the whole community, to have music lessons within the church's setting with all of the preaching that goes on in the artwork mm-hmm. and everything, all the ecclesiastical art and just the, it would cause questions when the children would come in and their parents would come in and they would sit and wait and they would be looking around the church's library and getting excited maybe and asking questions. And so this idea has really taken off so that David's harp is going to start that kind of an idea in places all over the church. That idea of bringing the community in to the church, and as a result, there have been baptisms, Mm -hmm. there have been whole families coming in and becoming catechized and becoming members. And it is exciting what has happened now in Council Bluffs. They have over 200 students and 20 teachers, and the whole idea is is one that is for youth it is for education it is for music it is for outreach and it it combines all those things in a way that just um masterfully fits our lutheran identity <laughs> it, it's just it's a brilliant idea that pastor cheryl started and david's harp is the organization that wants to take this actually globally we will we can we want to actually move this into um the mission field with our guitar arrangements of the hymns um and the hymns that are being taught and the resources are all right from our hymnal that's a key part it is it's not you you know the conservatory will also teach you know bach and and clementi Mm -hmm. and all everything else that you would normally but there is a, a a part of the teaching of hymns that is a, a an integral part of the conservatory idea of teaching. Tell us more about what students are learning in the conservatory. You mentioned hymns and mm-hmm. and, and other great music. Are, are they coming to learn piano? Are they are they learning voice? So what are they learning in the conservatories? I think at this point, at least, I mean, it can be any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, any um, a music school will have lots of different offerings: um, piano, voice, organ. Um, I think that guitar, um, classical guitar, especially, is 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 the the um, the volume that we are putting together right now of of graded approaches of how a classical guitar could play one of our hymns in at four different levels of difficulty. And then that can actually be brought into a church service once a student learns how to do. I've heard, I've heard these arrangements. They are really beautiful, mm-hmm. really beautiful. And they, they fit us. Mm-hmm. So we'd be you know, bringing them up 
in something that actually can make the transition into serving, that child can start to actually serve in the, the divine service. Pastor True, you're nodding your head over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything Contra uh, Resh has said is is correct. Uh, I know that um, of the faculty they have at St. Paul uh, Music Conservatory, they also have brass, uh, strings, woodwinds, voice. In fact, we uh, were fortunate at the congregation I serve, Trinity and Cole Camp, one of their faculty members relocated to our area (laughs) about the same time that our people uh, were beginning to think about starting one of these music conservatories in coal camp. So they lost one of their teachers and uh, he became part of our original four, which we just started February 1st. But um, so he teaches voice, brass and piano. uh, And so what you're able to offer depends upon who your teachers are, but it's not restricted to any one instrument. You know, we want to enrich lives through music uh, using all of God's gifts in terms of the instrumentation. Um, and that, uh, you know, it's very appealing to a family who, you know, as their child begins in, in band, you know, to pick an instrument, you know. Band teachers in their public schools or private schools are oftentimes encouraging them, hey, you should also supplement band class with some lessons. So the music conservatory then can be on those teachers' lists for, hey, contact St. Paul Music Conservatory or Trinity School of Music. They have these teachers to teach. So that begins to be a way we can begin to connect in the community too and expand our reach and and develop relationships with kids that the church might not otherwise be able to to reach. We're learning about David's harp on the coffee hour today. We need to take a quick break. We'll come right back and continue our conversation with Contra Resh and Pastor True. You're listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance. Jesus said, if anyone enters by me, he shall be saved. You can help us continue to get that message out around the globe while there's still time. One way is to become a church or organization of the week. For a gift of just $595, your church will receive 35 30-second announcements during the week of your choice, identifying your church as well as upcoming events and happenings. And your pastor or a representative from your church, they may record those announcements or we can produce them ourselves either way. In addition, your pastor or representative will have the opportunity to be on one of KFUO's programs. It's a wonderful way to expand your mission outreach and to help KFUO Radio to do the same. For further information, call me, Mark, at 314-996-1520 or mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance Worldwide KFUO. On the next Moments of Assurance weekend, I'm going to be talking about Jesus' parable of the sower. Some seed fell along the path. Some fell on the rock. Some fell among thorns and some fell into good soil. 
So the parable gets you to ask yourself this question, what kind of soil am I? I'll talk about it this Saturday and Sunday morning, 7.45 a.m. Central Daylight Time, Worldwide, KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're learning about David's Harp, learning about parish-based music conservatories, and uh, it's just fascinating. I love this concept. We're talking with Kantor Resch and Pastor Greg Truey, uh, who serve on the uh, the board of directors for David's Harp, and Kantor is the, the president of David's Harp. Uh, before we went to break, learning about how... Uh, an organization or a conservatory like this can can serve in the community, can um, help a congregation connect with their community, and uh, have a lovely conversation about the role of music in, in the life of a, a parish. Um, share with us, Pastor Truy, since this is fairly new to your congregation, share with us a little bit of the story of of that that process of of um, adopting this idea and uh, and bringing it to fruition. So for years, I've been kind of dreaming about the possibility of what music could do. In a previous parish that I served, we had be, kind of begun to think through some of these questions. And I didn't even know uh, St. Paul Music Conservatory existed at the time. So I arrived in Cold Camp three years ago, and I'm still dreaming about this. So this past September, uh, finally, I took three people from Trinity up to St. Paul to observe the operation, to see what a day in the life of the music conservatory is. And it changed everything for Trinity because now it wasn't, you know, me being excited about something and, and sort of pushing it upon the congregation. But we had three lay persons who saw this and brought that excitement and began to share that excitement and so from September until February 1st, it was uh, a wonderful series of events that uh, it was it, it's really an amazing story how quickly things came together where St. Paul was able to advise us and kind of share the, their experience and their wisdom, which is what now David's Harp is going to be able to do with congregations, schools, missionaries, wherever to help them think through those questions. But everything from startup costs to how does the payment work for teachers, uh, you know, all of those things, uh, they were able to guide us and help us think through to present to our congregation in a way that it was well-received and well-supported and had very, uh, we've been supported, but it, it actually has not had a whole lot of impact on the congregation's operating budget. Um, in fact, it can have a positive impact on that, the way things are set up. Mm -hmm. What are some of those hurdles, uh, those initial hurdles that you were able to, to overcome and that David's Harp will help congregations uh, sure. uh, move past in order to get one of these started? So I originally always thought about like we're having to create an entity, mm -hmm. like a separate organization, 501c3 or something like that. And going to St. Paul, they, were, they, they said, no, 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 you already have leaders in your congregation. You already have an organizational structure. You just use what, you know, put them, decide which board or committee is going to provide some oversight. And if you have people who are passionate about this, give them the freedom to start thinking about this. So that's what we did. And that was like, whoa, 
you know, we're not having to establish a completely different organization. It changed everything. And then uh, the startup costs, right? Most, many of our congregations will have a piano or two or three in their facilities already. They have Sunday school rooms that sit there empty during the week, right? Or, you know, and imagine if you could, with a little planning, uh, make those spaces uh, usable during the week for ministry and in a community where you have teachers who want to teach and students who want to take lessons, but that teachers having to drive to 12 different houses all throughout the county, that's not convenient for them. Or the parent who has five kids and now they have a lesson going on in their living room and they're on pins and needles trying to keep the rest of the kids <laughs> quiet like I'm doing or have been doing for the last five years, you know, on Wednesdays when piano lessons would occur uh, to provide a space where the teacher can go to one spot and you're able to provide them with a room and uh, instruments and the families can all go to one spot, right? Um, it's a real benefit to the teacher, to the student, and to the congregation then as the whole body begins to see how music is enriching lives. And uh, so explaining that to the people, allowing them to see how that could work in a congregation is really the the goal, the hurdle. And once they see that, you know, it, it just becomes handling scheduling mm -hmm. issues and things like that that you got to work through with with leadership sure another one of the priorities of uh, saint paul and and now david's harp is producing excellent resources mm -hmm. as well yeah. contra would you like to tell us about some of the resources and the, and the direction of of uh, resources from david's harp yes we started out with um a graded approach resource um of eight hymns and they're hymns right from our hymnal. And then we we put together some books that have magnificent original artwork in there by Ed Rehas all the way through. And then there are some actual um, prose that, that speak, that help you to understand what the text of a hymn is, is like or about. And then... There are four, a very easy first setting, a little bit more complex second, third, and fourth setting. We have, at this point, two of these books produced, and we have a third one that is in the works and just ready to go to press, and then we have a guitar edition of one that is ready to go to press also. We have uh, the goal of having... 10 of these books and then one for Christmas and then other one that's just Martin Luther hymns. We've got, we've just, we have so many projects. Um, and these are going to be the resources that all of the David's Harp schools could make use of. And that's how we would actually be taking money back in is through the resources that we are producing because a congregation is not going to pay anything to be a part of David's harp, but they will use our resources and that will benefit us in the end. Sure. What, uh, what is an ideal congregation to partner with David's harp? A, a congregation that has for the, um, facilities, maybe just sitting there, mm -hmm. but 
also some teachers and some some gifted people right in the parish who really would like to um, voice or trumpet or even percussion, whatever. If if that resource is already in your parish and then you've got the facilities, then all you have to do is just think about how you're going to bring the community into this. How to organize and, and, and mm-hmm. bring the community in. Uh, we have just about uh, just about a minute and a half left. Uh, how can we learn more about David's Harp and what we can expect in the coming year? So there's a website, stpaulmusicconservatory.org. Um, so David's Harp information is still located on the St. Paul Music Conservatory website for now. There is also a dedicated Facebook page for, for David's Harp. and Or you could uh, give Pastor Cheryl... A call, uh, look him up. His information is is on the, that website and at Facebook, and he would be most delighted to talk to any pastor, leader in a congregation, school principal. Uh, we've been talking about congregations, but a, a school mm-hmm. with classrooms mm-hmm. or where they have a music teacher ready to go, you know, that would be an ideal situation. They can, uh, Pastor Cheryl would be most happy to begin a conversation and then help them think these questions through. Very good. And uh, just under half a minute left, what are we looking forward to this year? We want to see these resources developed so they can get into the hands of people, the the books, and then just see congregation schools, missionaries learn more about this and, and begin to see music serving throughout the world. We're getting calls every, almost every day about from all over the country, really. This idea is taking off. Very good. The Reverend Richard Resch, president of David's Harp. Thank you so much, Cantor. Yes. And the Reverend Greg Truly, board of directors for David's Harp. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Our pleasure. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.